Well, hey, everybody, a really big welcome, and thank you so very much for joining us as we continue the series entitled, He Has a Name. We need to know God if we're going to wish to worship God. So before we jump into this week's installment of He Has a Name, let's pray together and we'll jump straight into the Word. Father, we just thank you that we can come together and we can get into the Word, we can dwell on the Word, we can congregate around your Word, and we can learn more about you. We want to learn more about you all the time, Father. You have told us that learning more about you is what will give us life. And so, Father God, we just thank you that we can be in relationship with you. Thank you for sending your only begotten Son so that we could be tight with you. We can know you. We can engage with you. And we can be with you. Thank you for all that you do. We love you and we honor you. And we pray that you open up our hearts and our minds to the message here today. In Jesus' name, we pray. And all of God's people around the world said, Amen and Amen. Well, once again, a very big welcome for you sitting at home in your living room, on your favorite sitting chair, on your favorite armchair, in your favorite coffee shop, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so very much for joining us. For those of you here in the room, it's awesome that you can come together and be with us here in the room. Thank you so very much for being a part of online here at Victory Life Church. If I haven't already met you, my name's Pastor Craig, and yes, my voice sounds a bit different. My, I, I come from South Africa, even though I'm serving here in America. It's awesome that we as a, a body, we as an online community, can be from all walks of life and come together and celebrate this God that we're getting to know. And over the last, last couple of weeks, we've been taking a look at who is this God that we worship. We've been really focusing on Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And we've said in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, that we are here to worship God. We are here to, we are here to get to know God. We are here to be a sacrifice to God. We are here to almost find our God and worship Him with everything that we've got. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this, we need to have a proper response to God's marvelous mysteries. The writer encouraged us to surrender ourselves to God, to be His sacred living sacrifices. This really does sound like a worshiper and a God. Well, I don't, want to, I know, don't know about you, but I don't want to be a person that, that gets to know God kind of, kind of knows a few things about this God that I'm supposed to worship, be a living sacrifice for. I want to know the God I worship. I want to really get to know who He is in the moment that I'm in. I don't want to cry out to God on a Sunday morning. I don't want to cry out to God just in my Bible reading. No, I want to call upon the name of the Lord. I want to know God by name. I want to know of His reputation. I want to know what He's all about. So in the moment that I'm in, I can cry out to who He is and know that He is what He says He is. I am that I am. And over the last couple of weeks, if you haven't already got it, we've been having a look at how we can understand who God is in the moment. We've been saying things like this. We've been saying the things that Jesus called us called us to a purpose, but the things that we call God calls us to worship. And we've been having a look at the different names of God. We've been having a look at the different things we've called God. But fundamentally, we've come down to understanding that He is the great God. He is an incredible almighty God. And the reason He's almighty is because He is the only God with the ability to do what He says He is. To do what He says He is. He is love and therefore He's able to be love. He is provision, therefore He's able to provide. He's the only God that can do what he says he is. And that's why he called himself to Moses, the I am that I am. 
And so when we have a look at the different names last session, we, we said, well, God is also called El Elyon. And that means that He's greater than any spiritual force. He is the supreme spiritual force. He's greater than any darkness that this world has got. He's bigger than any problem that you might have. He's bigger than any issue that you might be wrestling with right now. He is the one who chases after us, the El Roy. He's, he loves us. He is, he is in complete relationship with us. And we, we know that we love just to follow His goodness. He's the God that sees us when we're lonely. He sees us when we're all on our own, even though He tells us that we're never alone. He, he is the God that just likes to remind us that He's close by. He's never far away. He's watching us all the time, not from a perspective of big brother, but He's watching in on us. He's caring for us. He's not just a super spiritual power almighty. He's also the God of the detail. And He's in your detail. And over the last couple of weeks, we've really been having a look at what it means to worship a God that knows me. Worship a God that genuinely understands me. Worship a God that can set me up for success, guide me, and disciple me, even though He is this almighty, all-powerful God. But today, I wanted to unpack that expression that we heard or used in the very, very first session. We said we can't worship a God that we don't know. And when we have a look at the know part, it really is an interesting word in Scripture when referring to knowing God. In fact, one of the most favorite Scriptures about knowing God is this one in Psalm chapter 46 and verse 10. It says this, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. It doesn't say be still and then you will know. It says be still and know. Knowing God and being still are the same thing. We, we, we have to do the two together. It's not one that will lead to the other. We've often read that scripture in Psalms and said, oh, I, I, need to, I need to meditate more on God. That's what it means to be still and then I will get to know God. No, being still is linked to knowing God. And when we can know God, that's when we can be still. And we're going to unpack what that means in a few moments. But I wanted to read that scripture to you in Psalm 46 verse 10 from the Passion Translation. Now, if you are following along with the notes online or while we're listening to this message, the notes are available and you can follow along with the readings and everything that I put down in my notes. Notes are kind of just a crazy place because as many of you know, I've just been preaching from my journal. I've just been sharing what I've been putting in my journal, and uh, that's drawn from a number of different resources. But I wanted to read the scripture, Psalm chapter 46, verse 10, in the Passion Translation. It says this, Surrender your anxiety, be silent and stop your striving, and you will see, it says, that I am God. I am the God above all the nations, and I will be exalted through the whole earth. And so we can see from the scripture that putting down our anxiety, putting down our striving and working and moving and going at a pace that's just, quite frankly, unacceptable. And don't think for a moment that just because I'm in ministry and I get to preach the word that I don't know what it's like to be super busy. I come from a secular world, so I know what the secular world is like in keeping me super busy. 
But I also know that I can even get super busy to my detriment and my family's detriment in ministry. This is not a, a vocational thing. This is not a, 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 a thing that's linked to your career. This is linked to our mindset. We have got so anxious about making sure we are provided for, making sure we have what we need, making sure that we are safe and secure. As a world, we are so focused on making sure that everything's in order. We've even lost sight of the God who makes those provisions available to us because we become so striven, uh, driven and striving and we, we, we're con constantly anxious about things. We're constantly looking to get more, be more, do more, have more. And as a result of this busyness, we've established ourselves as the God of our provision and not worshipped God as the God of our provision. I hope I'm making sense. You see, as we get busy and we're not still, we are pushing God away from being the God over the things that's pushing us to be driven. I hope that makes sense. And as we get more and more busy in trying to be the provider, be the one that provides the safety and security for our families, be all of these things and know and get and have and understand and be part of, and we get so caught up in being the God of our own provision, that we've forgotten about the God, the Most High God of provision in our lives. And when we get to that place, we're fundamentally not knowing God anymore. And when we get to the place of not knowing God for our provision, we get super busy at making our own provision. And as a result, we can't ever be still. So do you see how the two are synonymous? You can't be busy on your own being your own God and know God at the same time. We have to know who God is in our moment. And He is the most high God over our provision. He is the most high God over our safety. And as a result of us knowing Him, we can have peace that He's got it. We can have peace that it's in hand. And it's just in the hand of the Almighty God. It doesn't have to be in our hand for us to have true peace. And so this being still and knowing who God is are tightly, tightly entwined. In fact, your very eternity depends on you getting to know who your God is in your situation. Have a look at what John chapter 17 and verse 3 says. It says, Eternal life means to know and experience as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ, the Son whom you have sent. To know and experience. Knowing that God is who He is is far more than just knowing what His name is. It's far more than just calling out Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Uh, that's just knowing who God is called. What we're talking about in this series is genuinely seeing who God is in your moment. It's experiencing who He said He is, not just knowing what He's called. Can I say that again? This knowing God is about experiencing who He says He is, not just knowing who or what He's called. It's actually seeing the name of God working in your situation. It's actually seeing Jehovah Jireh as a provider being provision in your situation and not your own efforts. And when we can get to the place of genuinely experiencing who God is in our moment, that's when we get to this place of peace. It's, it's, it's when we get to this place of being able to be still. Sometimes it's hard 
to be still. It's hard to have peace. It's hard to just relax and know who God is. It's tough. Hey, I'm a dad. I wanted to make sure that my kids are provided for. I used to run around trying to be a church leader and be at the bank, working hard in the bank and and being the provider. And you know what? Every single time I'd get to the end of the month, we'd just make it. And in the area or in the community I served, well, we were, we were pretty well off. We were, we were earning a good salary. We were making ends meet. But it was, just, it was just just making it. There was always this anxiety that there would be an expense that I wouldn't be able to cover. Oh, you know which ones I'm talking about. When the dryer gives up or the washing machine gives way or you've just put new tires on your car and, hey, the radiator packs up and you just, you, you're able to cover the basics. But, man, if there's anything else... Have you ever had a month like that? We, we recently had a month like that where, you know what, every single appliance except the fridge seemed to have a problem. And then just when that happened, you, you realize that all of a sudden you don't just have one motor vehicle in your family anymore. Now you've got an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old son and daughter and they've got a motor vehicle and all of their tires need to be replaced and all of their batteries need to be done and the radiator's not working and the heating's not working and, the, and things just keep on piling up. The other night we were celebrating a, a, a celebration in our home. It was a birthday party and my wife came to me and said, man, it's warm in here. And right there in the moment, my whole stomach just went, you know what I'm talking about? That moment. Because you, the, the first thing it thinks of, the heat's packed up. The air conditioning is not working anymore. And you know how expensive those are. And in the moment, it's so easy to default, what have I got to do about this? What have I got to do? How much more have I got to be involved? What research I've got to do? What money I've got to earn? I've got to go and reset that. Please, may it not be the aircon. And we get caught up in this, what have I got to do with it? That immediately anxiety wells up in your heart. Immediately, when you've made yourself the God of your provision, anxiety is right there, right behind you, all the way, every step of the way. You can have all the money in the world, But if you've made yourself the God of your provision, anxiety quickly follows. But if you've genuinely accepted who God is in your moment, when those moments when the air conditioning is not working or the car is breaking or falling apart or you've been laid off from another job, and I've got a story, I'll tell you about that in a few moments. But the moment you put God as the source of your provision, because His name means provision. Who He is, is provision. Peace quickly follows. And so when we have a look at this peace, being still, taking a pause, taking a break, it's important that we get to a place where we're not just still, we don't just switch off our device, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about switching off your phone or or having a a Facebook fast. No, I'm, I'm talking about genuinely taking a moment to allow God and who He is to step into your moment and watch as peace follows. But we've got this thing in life called the fear of missing out, FOMO. We don't want to miss out. We don't know what we're missing out on, but we don't want to miss out on it. And as a result, we get caught in the cycle of running around, just suffering from this issue of 
of fear of missing out. We don't want to miss the next viral video. We don't want to be in a conversation where somebody makes reference to a meme that we haven't seen yet. We, we, we don't want to be part of a, a, an area where we're not getting information. We're not part of the, the, the local un, or the most important online trend. If somebody mentions a social media platform that we haven't heard of, we get anxious. We're afraid of, of getting behind on what our friends are talking about. If we're not constantly interacting with what's happening, we think we, we would cease to exist. If we haven't got this, haven't got that, haven't downloaded the other, haven't, well, then life is just going to stop in its moment. We constantly move at this nonstop pace of fear of missing out, of not getting, of not having, of not being enough, not getting enough, not working hard enough, not earning enough. We're constantly working at this pace, this nonstop pace, um, just, just, just fear of missing out. And the world has risen to our fear. The world has risen to our anxiety. Now here's the deal. If you've made yourself the God of provision, fear of missing out is going to be a major issue in your life. Because you're going to constantly know that you're not good enough and that you might be missing out on something and you're going to constantly be working at trying to get it. The world has risen to the, to the, the challenge. The world has risen to your anxious fear. There's this barrage of, of endless sounds and pings and tings and images that are constantly bugging us, constantly telling you that you've missed out on something. Have you ever sat in a meeting? I sat in a meeting today and uh, I was with somebody and... Um, when I get into a meeting that's pretty important, I turn my, my mobile face down so that, that I, I don't get distracted with what's coming up on the screen and I can be in the moment. Well, I was sitting with two or three people and, and two or three other people across the room had the same habit. But there was one person in the meeting room that I could see their phone had buzzed, their phone had vibrated, and they were, they were fighting with everything that they had to look at their phone. The world hadn't come apart. In fact, it was a notification of the weather. Seriously, in the end, when we asked the person about what it was notified on their phone that they needed to look at so badly, we made a bit of a joke about it. No, it was just a warning about the weather. And as a result, we, we, we sit there and the whole room is consumed with this person's anxiety to see what's on their phone. I looked at the person in the end of the meeting and said, hey, why don't you just have a look at your phone and you can, you can stop being so distracted. And then they pulled out their phone and saw what it was. There's this look of relief that came on their face that, oh, it wasn't anything important. But we've got this absolute fear that the next message, the next tweet, the next Facebook post, the next Instagram is going to be a world-shaking event. And if we don't read it right now, we're going to miss out. Well, we're making a God out of our own needs. We're making a God of our, out of ourselves because this anxiety begins to consume us that we're going to miss out. We're afraid all the time that, that we're going to be left behind. There's never been a time in the history of the world when people have had more information shoved in their faces each day than right now. Whether we want that information or not, it's being pushed down our throats. I remember driving down a road in, in South Africa and, and we were talking, my wife and I were talking about freedom of speech and, and what it means and, and you know, who has rights to talk into my family's life and what's my guardianship of, of what comes into my family. And as we were driving, there's this, there's this massive billboard that comes up on the side of the road advertising an expo or a conference that was focused completely on the sex industry. 
And when I looked at this billboard, I realized that I've actually got no control over what my son is consuming on the back seat in his car seat. Looking at the pictures, looking at the billboards, he's consuming information that we've got no control. We've relinquished control over to the world as regards what we consume. And it's ramming information down into our faces all the time. The crazy thing about social media and our devices is that this information is not just generic now. No, now it's been made personal. It's our friends. It's our, our acquaintances pushing into our faces all the time what we are to consume. And it's building up in us this desire to be in the know all the time. It's desiring, it's building us up to be more important than we ought to be. We think that our messages and this information that we're receiving is so vitally important because we're important and we need to know. It's establishing ourselves as a God where God is the ultimate authority. You know what? I love the fact that I can go to my God and get the information I need from Him for today. Tomorrow will have its problems. But I can hear from him what he needs me to do today. Whether my phone is pinging, whether my phone has a different ringtone, whether I'm getting an email, whether I'm getting it, it doesn't matter. If I've had that conversation with the Father, I'm at peace. And now I can approach my busy day with a sense of peace, not a sense of anxiety. There's this constant desire. Even when we, have you noticed this? That even when we decide to do nothing, we do so much. Have you ever had that? I, I can't, it freaks me out. when my, my wife just loves going down to the coast and lying on the beach, playing in the waves and just doing nothing. While my wife is lying on the beach doing nothing, I'm running around buying snorkeling equipment. I'm buying this and that and getting this done and buying another cooler box and getting lunch. And it, it, I'm, like, I'm like wired to be busy. I'm wired to, to always be on the go. But you know what? Even when we decide to go on holiday and do nothing, I end up lying on the beach with my phone, messaging people, taking photographs of the kids in the waves and posting it and making sure that's getting maximum, maximum traction on my Instagram account. And I'm getting followers from being like, can I ever just stop and just be still and just pause and stop letting this thing that glows in the dark and glows during the day and lights up every five minutes govern my life? Because you see, when we get it and we allow this world to establish this busyness in our lives, we're getting to a place that, that God feels far away. God is not known anymore. And remember, if we're going to be still, we're going to know God. And if we know who God is in the moment, it will give us license to be still. If we're not still and we're busy and we're anxious, we're not going to know God. We're going to be replacing God with other things. Satan's one. I've often said that Satan doesn't have to get you to sin. He just has to get you to be too busy because the results with your relationship with God are the same. And so when we have a look at this whole process, this whole constant barrage, it's actually the world trying to set us up as our own gods. And it's trying to get us to be distant from God. But when we actually have a look at the things that make us so anxious, when we actually have a look at the things that really get us riled up, that really get us, get us revved up to do and get going and be important and read our messages and go, when we really come down to the heart of it, 
our provision and our security and our safety, our provision and our shelter. If you can think of the word shelter as being our safety, our covering, the place we go home to, the, the sense of peace, the sense of safety, the sense of belonging. Our provision and our shelter are what drive us. We want to belong, so we don't want to miss out on the mean. We want to have money, so we have four jobs. Our shelter and our provision are what usually drive us to be so big. And yet, when we have a look at it, shelter and provision are two words that have been entwined with the name of God. If we have a look at the first one that we're covering today in Psalm 91 verse 1, it says this, When you sit enthroned under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of the Most High God. You see, his name, Al Shaddai, is a place of covering. It's a place of safety. It's a place of belonging. All the things that your FOMO is driving you to get and to have, God is already. And if you were just still enough and not FOMO'd enough, you would know that God is your shelter. He is your protection. He is all of the safety and security that your heart is FOMOing itself out of its wits to try and get to. He is all of that. And so now, because if you get to know that He is your shelter, you can stop FOMOing and be still. And when you are still and recognize that He is your shelter, He becomes your shelter. That scripture doesn't ask you to go and meditate. That scripture says, just get to know who God is in your moment. He is your provision. He is your shelter. He is your safety. Hey, all of you single folk out there who are desperate to, to get married because you're tired of being lonely. God is saying to you today, stop getting on all of those sites. Stop frantically looking for Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. No, just be still and know that he is the solution to your loneliness. You can be in a room with thousands of people and still be lonely. You can be married to the best man or the best woman on the planet and you will still sometimes feel lonely. God is your provision. God is your shelter. Stop FOMOing yourself to try and find Mr. Right, find Mrs. Right. Stop doing all of that thing and just be quiet and be still and know that your loneliness will not be solved by man. Your loneliness is only solved by the shelter of the Most High God, the protection of the Most High God. And when you get to that place, you will be at a place of stillness, a place of peace, a place of serenity, a much better quality for somebody else looking for Mrs. Wright or Mr. Wright and you. And so God is the one that provides that shelter. We can find refuge in the place of the Most High God. We do not have to freak out and try and find refuge in our devices and in our phones and in our lives and in our provision. He is the God who sees all, knows all, and has the power to go before us. Walk with us daily and cover us from the behind. The dwelling in God's presence gives us shelter and rest from the emotional storms that this life will bring upon us. And that's why it says in Psalm 91.1, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High God will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He's also our provider. And I've used that word a number of times already during the message. He is our provider. In fact, if we have a look at Genesis chapter 22 and verse 14, Abraham called that place the Lord who provides. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. 
not on your Facebook friends, not on how much you're working, not how much you're stressing, not how much you're going out to get things and do things. No, you see, God has got the ability to provide the right thing at the right time. Because we as humans, we get so caught up in this busyness, in this FOMO, in this building, in this doing, in this going, in this growing. We get so caught up that we sometimes get our wants and our needs completely confused. God, as the provider, as your Jehovah Jireh in your moment, knows exactly what to give you, what to get you, and when to get it to you. Don't ever think that God is far away. You can't get to know God because He just doesn't seem to be answering your prayers. No, God is answering your prayers. The God of the provision will always answer your prayers. He is providing for you. He will always work for the good for you. But if you will just stop for a moment and accept Him as the source of your provision, you won't be stressed out. You won't be anxious. You will be still. I'm not saying that you're not allowed to be busy. I'm not saying that you're not allowed to have a Facebook account. I'm not saying that you can't be sold out to social media. Hey, I'm the online digital pastor of Victory Life Church. I love social media. I love digital. But you know what? It's not the source of my provision. It's not the source of my emotional safety and security. No, it is God who is the source in the moment. It is God who he is, who he is in the moment. And today we've just taken a look at two aspects of who he is. He is El Shaddai. He is this beautiful, restful place. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is provision. But sometimes I get so busy and so stressed out, I don't know what's up and down. But if I can take a moment and allow the God that is up and down at both times, He can sort out my things. He can give me what I need. And when Abraham called Him this God of provision, he was alone with his son in the, in the wilderness, and he was trusting for God for great things. He wasn't just trusting for God for another meal. No, he was trusting on God as regards an eternal promise that God had made him. He was walking with, the God, with God through a difficult trial and a difficult test. You can read that about in your own time. But if you want to start and have a conversation, you want to get to know God, push pause today, not on your busyness, not on your schedule, on your thinking on your priorities, on who you're looking to for your provision. Push pause for a moment on where you're looking to feel needed, feel wanted, feel included, feel being part of the family. Look, look, look seriously at who God is in your loneliness, in your sense of being different, in your sense of being pushed out. Don't go looking for things on the internet to try and be your provision or your source of emotional wholeness and well-being. No, look to God for that. He is those things. His name means those things. So when you call upon the name of the Lord, you are calling those things to be in your moment right now. I remember a moment when my wife and I were facing some of our most difficult financial challenges. We were, we were about to... Get a, make a big move in, in, our, in our home and we were about to make a big move and employ. And at that moment when we were facing our biggest financial challenges, the contract that I needed to continue wasn't renewed. And so my source of income immediately dried up. Well, God made a lot available. It was the moment that I made a decision to step more into full-time ministry and He provided means and mechanisms. But you know what? I got to a place where I was even freaking out Leanne. 
Because God had shown me what his provision would look like. And I knew that that was provision was coming. And in this moment of unemployed, uh, Leanne was saying, well, are you going to go out and job interviews? And you're, are you going to get your resume out there again? And you're going to start this process? And I knew what was coming. And I'd gone through the process of getting my resume out there. But I knew God had got something big in store for me. And so I took the, the, the pressure off the, off, the, off the accelerator, not because I was lazy or I didn't want to look for a job. No, I was still getting my resume out there. But I took my, my foot off the anxiety accelerator. I wasn't stressed about it. I knew I would do what I needed to do, but God would provide. And it seemed like every single time a contract would come to an end in my life, that it would happen at the beginning of December, just before Christmas. And there was always that anxiety that we wouldn't have Christmas. I, I remember driving to my mom and dad-in-law's place the one day. It was about a 45-minute drive. We were on our way to celebrate Christmas. And I looked in the trunk of the car, and I saw the gifts that we were able to get together. And it was in a month where I just lost the contract. God had provided and made sure our family could have an incredible Christmas. And he did that time and time and time again. Every single time we were in our most vulnerable, sometimes things don't work out how you planned them. And then we have to be still and allow God to plan them. And I look back on those days now and I go, man, how do we get through that? And I'm always reminded that we will get through that. And that job that came up, because I waited without anxiety on the Lord. I was still doing what I needed to do, but I was not waiting with anxiety on the Lord. Well, because of that, that was one of the biggest employments I'd ever had. It turned out to be a massive career that enabled us financially to plant churches and be part of working in God's kingdom in a very supernatural and special way. And so because of that, I believe that it's not about not doing anything. It's about doing everything with the peace of God, not the anxiety that you're going to miss out on something. I hope today that you've understood that knowing God as your El Shaddai, knowing God as your provider, means that in the moment you rest on Him first and Him alone. And when you get to know Him as your El Shaddai, when you get to know Him as your provider, then you will be able to have peace. Then you will be able to quit FOMO. You'll be able to be able to be still and rest and know that God is your provider and that he is your shadow of shelter, of rest and of peace. Today, as we journey through these names, it's not just about knowing the Hebrew or the Greek name for God. No, it's about genuinely knowing who he is in your moment. And then you will be able to be still. In fact, God was so focused on knowing and, and wanting you to know who he was. He was so focused on wanting to let you know what he was like that he sent his only begotten son to this earth so that he could die for us, be resurrected for us, and reign with us over a wonderful, new, spiritually enlightened world. And when we understand why Jesus did that, we celebrate that coming. We celebrate that desire of God to show who he was to us and get to know us so that we could be still. We celebrate that with communion. It just represents God's body, Jesus' body and blood that came amongst us to show who God was to us so that we could know him and we could have eternal life. So no matter what you've got today, whether it's a piece of bread or a cracker and some water, hey, why don't you just take a moment to celebrate that God wants to know you? 
And He has provided a mechanism for you to know Him. He wants you to be still. He wants you, John 17 verse 3, to have eternal life because you know Him and you can experience Him. So whatever it is you've got, whether it's just a, a piece of bread or a glass of water, why don't you go and arrange that right now? Why don't you go and get that right now? And then we can take a moment and share communion together. I'm going to use a little bit of juice and a, and a little bit of a cracker. Thank you for joining us for this message as we celebrate Jesus' body that was broken and His blood that was shed for you. We come to this place knowing that this cracker and this juice, they're not really Jesus' body and blood. They're just a symbol of the fact that God sent His Son to let you know that He loves you. So take, eat, and know that Jesus' body was broken for you so that you could know the love of the Father. Take drink and know that His word is sure. If he says he's the El Shaddai, he's the El Shaddai. If he says that he's Jehovah Jireh, he is the provider. And so drink of this cup, knowing that his word is true, his word is genuine, it will never fail you. He loves you, and what he promises you will always come to be. As we come to the end of the service, know that God really does want you to know of his provision. He wants you to know of his shelter. And when we get to know that, we will be still because we will have peace. But we have to take a moment from establishing all the things in our lives as gods, remove those gods, and get to know God as our provider and our shelter for us to experience all that He is. I hope that you've enjoyed the ramblings of, of, my, of my journal. I hope that the notes are there for you to help you, that will encourage you to study more about who God is in your moment, not just what He's called, who He is in your moment. And you will get to be, have a closer relationship with the Father. Thank you for joining us here at Victory Life Church Online. I'm really excited to continue this message next week. Continue having a look at who God is next week. But also during the weekend to enjoy the Made Right series with our senior pastor, Pastor Dwayne Sheriff. I'll see you online really, really soon. You be blessed. 